The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of 1500 ESPN. The following is a presentation of financial crisis recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Cover Your Assets, and specifically this morning, welcome to Great Waters Retirement Radio. The first Saturday of every month is Great Waters Retirement Radio. I am fortunate to have Elijah Kovar in studio with me this morning. How are you doing, Elijah? Great, Todd. Great, hey, great to be here. We've got a great topic today, and and it's one that I, I think is is maybe on the, on the minds of a lot of people who have worked hard, succeeded, uh, built a, a significant investment account, retirement account, maybe built a business, maybe have uh, assets that they want to pass on to their kids. And the, and, the, and the issue is how to keep your kids, if you're the one who created it, how to keep your kids from blowing their inheritance. <laughs> and Elijah, I mean, it, it is, I mean, it, we laugh, but, you know, the thing about money is that if you're the one who creates it through a host of things, and uh, uh, life's tough, tough education of bumps and bruises, one step forward, two steps back, and you know it, it, it takes a lot to succeed through frugality, through intelligence, hard work, uh, maybe a little luck along the way, and all the things that that one learns as life's lessons. And you build this amount of money and this this resource up, this investment account. And then you hand it off to somebody else, and okay, that's great. But the problem is, life's rule book didn't come along with the money. Yeah, yeah. Y- you know, he- here's the thing: so many people they inherit, and they go, "Oh, well, I, you know, I haven't, I didn't see that happen." You know, people talk about inheritance being stripped away by legal issues, tax issues, and behavioral issues. Those are our three big categories that affect this. It's not all just the kids going out and blowing the money. Maybe you're listening today, and you've inherited money. Well, we're going to talk about some things today. You might not even know that there was money lost and you don't even know it was lost when it comes to taxes. We'll talk about the legal side of things. We're going to talk about behavior, but all three of those, you've got to have a plan for all three when it comes to passing your assets to the next generation. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I, it's, it, it just is, it's true. And, and the, you know, the other thing that, that to me comes to mind is that, in some instances, when when your child grows up, and I know that's a part of our conversation here, Elijah, but you know, how do you how do you oh, how do you uh, gosh, I don't even know how to convey this. How do you ensure that your that your child reaches their ultimate potential when if they've been brought up their whole lives knowing that everything will be okay, they're taken care of, and they never really have to worry for anything. In life. I mean, look, you know, the desperation, I mean, you can say what you will, but when you have nothing and you know you have no one to depend upon and you do it on your own, you knew what you were up against to the in the beginning. And I'm going to I'm going to say that a person becomes more as a result of that. They the growing experiences that they go through and they they're forced to to push themselves to the limit when someone doesn't have that 
There's really no reason to, you know, worry about this or that because, hey, it's all taken care of. Why why hurry? Why worry? You know? Yeah. yeah. Why progress? Well, <laughs> it's very common. I, I, I work with uh, my clients are in or nearing retirement. And, and so often I've had people come into the office who their parents didn't hand it to them on a silver platter. They had to work for it. They worked to put themselves through college. They worked for 30, 40 years at their job. They didn't buy the boat when their friends were buying the boat. And you know, go to the cabin when their friends were going and, and they've got this great uh, nest egg built up for themselves now. And they worry that, you know what? I helped my kids through college. Right. I bought their car for them. I paid their cell phone bill. And they worry that when the wealth goes to the next generation, the kids aren't going to know how to handle it. Right. I mean, first, had... that's that what you just yeah. described is indicative of first generation wealth. It is. Right. I mean, that's that's typical. And the and the, the young folks, you know, when they when when they have everything taken care of. I mean, I, I, I've, I've said to many of my clients, I don't think you should, uh, number one, if you are going to pay for your kid's college, you don't tell them that. Yep. Their whole life, you give them the impression that you will go to school. We do expect this of you, but you're going to have to find a way to pay for it so that you force them to become resourceful. Absolutely. You know, and uh, there's nothing wrong with paying a couple years of interest. It's not going to kill the kids. Sure. But setting that expectation, letting them take out the scholarships and the student loans, expect that they're going to pay it off. And you know what? If you want to give them a gift and pay off that student loan for them, go for it. Right. You know, but but having having. But some don't sort tell of, them that. You yeah. know, don't tell them that. Get, you know, let them let them let them kill themselves trying to trying to make it happen on their own. And then then maybe you come in and save the day when yeah. they've done everything that they can. I think it's a great idea. They've got to have skin in the game. And right. The same thing happens with buying cars. You know, I've I've, I've had plenty of, of of friends and clients who. Talk about their parenting strategies, and everybody's got the perfect idea for it. Right? You know, <laughs> I, I won't claim to be an expert. My my children are eight, seven, uh, five, and five. Yes, so, you've got a slew but, of them. But I, I think the main thing is that we start early and we're intentional. Um, two generations ago, and, and many of the people listening to this show may be in that baby boomer demographic. Uh, the, their parents' generation, if you're listening today and your parents were very private about their money, maybe never talked to you about money, you know, until maybe it was at the end of their life or when you inherited, uh, and, or maybe your parents still have never talked to you about their money because that generation was so private about all of this. Um, I think that's in error. I think that's a, it's a way of, of doing things that old school, it's just the way it was. Because they didn't teach their kids. Is they that did, what you're they saying? They didn't teach their kids. And we've seen so many people make mistakes about it. You cannot start financial conversations too early. Uh, and, and as a financial advisor, I, I think I've seen this too often. So for me, it was starting teaching my kids at five years old. You know, my kids come downstairs and they've got their, their baggies and their, you know, one's got cups that uh, she uses. Uh, the other um, uses envelopes. The other uses little baggies. They put their money in it and they divide it out for the three purposes, share, save, and spend. You know, so my, my son gets $10. Well, what are we going to do with it? How much are you going to share? So he takes $1 out of the $10. If he wants to give more, he can. How much are you going to save? At least $1 out of the 10 and then how much are you going to spend? Well, there's eight left if he only shares and saves one. But what's really cool is at this age, I'm teaching them there are three things you do with money every time you get it. And 
he's saving way more than he's spending. It's the coolest thing. I mean, he's got his own little stock investment portfolio that we put together for him, but he's understanding money. He's understanding the power of compound interest. And this bull market has been a great, great time to teach him. I have to right. admit, you know, last year he's making 26% on his stock portfolio. <laughs> but he, he, he was eight years old. He's a know? genius. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, there's never a time that's too early to, to teach them. Now, I realize a lot of people listening to the show, your kids aren't eight years old. It, it may be too late to start there, but if they're in high school, if they're in college, if they're you know young adults starting to live on their own, pay their own bills, now's the time to start educating them, getting them ready for what's coming down the road. Too often, the problem is this. The first real financial conversations people have is after they've been given money, and that's a problem. We can't just... Hope that they're responsible enough to handle it because we know what happens when they get that lump sum of cash. All too often, the first thing they buy, well, what's the first thing they buy, Todd? Right. A car. <laughs> a car. <laughs> they're going to go out and buy the car. You know, Not it, that that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what kind Being of car, a car you drive. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know, but we just want to prepare them. Conversations early and often is the bottom line with this. You find your way. You find a philosophy to talk about it. Maybe read a blog. Read a book on it. Get your opinion on what's right for your child and their personality type. Um, I have one client uh, where it's it's really neat. You know, my clients are are in retirement, and uh, their children needed financial advice, and they've accumulated a nice nest egg, really responsible in their 30s. They've got, you know, a nice six-figure nest egg, so they're working with one of our advisors at our Richfield office. The, the children came on board as a client with him, and the parents are my clients. And it's amazing. They've been wide open. Their kids were in their financial planning sessions with me. They know how much they're going to inherit. I I just met with these clients last week. And it was just amazing watching how responsible the kids are because the parents have had a wide open conversation with them. They know that they're going to inherit seven figures. They're going to be millionaires when they they, uh, retire. They don't have to work for money. Yet they are accumulating and they are saving responsibly because they watch their parents do that. And their intention is that their parents teach their kids to be self-sufficient so that when they inherit, they can pass it on to the grandkids. Interesting. And, you know, it just brings the next level of conversation. Legacy planning that we're talking about here. Legacy planning. One of the points that that you brought up that I want to take take our listeners back to is that point about the piggy banks with the kids. First, first of all, that's just not a metaphor. That's something that Elijah really does. I mean, I, I've talked many times on the show about the fact that when my kids were little, that age, little, like five, six years old, uh, we were listening, driving around in a car, listening to Robert Kiyosaki, and they were developing a financial vocabulary right from the very <laughs> beginning. But, you know, I'm going to be doing a, a seminar today, like I told you when I was coming in uh, for, for a, a company here locally and its employees. One of the excuse me questions I'll be bringing up is, are you a saver or are you a spender? Yeah. You know, and so that point about the three piggy banks immediately ingrains that thinking and mentality on people because we always talk about how do you convey your success in life to the world? And if it's with lifestyle items that are depreciating assets, you inver- invariably are going downhill. Yeah. And if you're not, don't have the mentality of a saver. And what's interesting, you can, <laughs> a person can be hardworking or not, but being a saver as a mentality is a saving grace for developing security, stability, and wealth. Yes, it is. You know? You, you don't invest, and this is from an investment advisor, 
Mike, I invest my clients' assets. You know, I'd love to say you invest your way to wealth, and me giving you a great portfolio is what's going to make <clears> you wealthy. No, that's not the truth. My clients come to me wealthy because they've already saved their way to wealth, and we can enhance it with investments, but you save your way to wealth. It's what you do day to day when you make those decisions. Are you spending the money or are you saving it? And, and this is what we, I mean, we, t- we talk about this because, you know, your, your financial advisor is an incredibly important component to your financial planning strategy overall. And that means life, you know. Yeah. But the reality is, if you think that you're going to pick the right financial advisor, you're going to get the hot tip that's going to, you're going to double your, your value as compared with the market. That's just nonsense. The reality is more often than not, the way you really succeed is by not making stupid mistakes and by being diligent and putting more money away. It isn't so much about doing more with what you have. Don't get me wrong. You try to do that, but those are incremental steps. You're right. The, the main thing that the individual adds to the component that gets them there is to save more, is to yeah. actually have more to work with in the first place. Yes. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yep. So teaching responsibility <clears throat> from a young age is key. You know, and the next step, you know, you get teenagers and, and you've got kids who are maybe in college, still reliant on mom and dad. And it, it, so oftentimes I see parents paying the cell phone bill for their kids, paying the insurance, paying the car payment, paying the student loans. Well, how about we don't do that? How about you give them a salary or give them an allowance and help them spreadsheet out what their bills are every month. You give them the money and say, you're responsible to pay these bills. If you miss the bills and you go spend that money on liquor for a college party or you you, you go buy clothes (laughs) with it or buy those new shoes that you want, you're going to get a late bill. You're going to have a late fee and you're going to have to go figure out how to get that money or you're going to have your credit hurt. And it's okay to have your your children, if they make an irresponsible decision, to get a ding on their credit. Don't rescue them now, or you're going to continue having to rescue them in 10 years from now. All right. And, and, and folks, any of you who own a business, I mean, the idea that you just give your kids the money for the tuition, give your kids the money for, for uh, the, the room and board and all the things that they need money for, books and, and what have you. You know, what Elijah brings up is, is you give them the money and you force them to manage it and to actually make the payments and do the right thing. And look, man, if they don't make the payments, too freaking bad. You know, that's the school of hard knocks. You better learn it now. That's it's their problem. It's better it, to do it now than when you're, you know, 10 years down the road, you're married with kids. Absolutely. You, you know? Absolutely. And, and you know, this whole notion that I'm going to shelter my kids from this, that is a colossal mistake. Kids are resilient. And as Elijah said, you cannot bring them into this conversation early enough and begin teaching them early enough. The whole envelope system, just envision your kids riding around in the cart with their feet dangling out of the cart and saying, Saying, as mommy's pushing or daddy's pushing around the cart, is there enough money in the envelope to buy the cereal, mom or dad? <laughs> I mean, that immediately is fiscal responsibility, yeah, isn't they, it? They watch my wife. I'm a financial planner. My wife and I use envelopes. We use old-fashioned cash-in envelopes. I we, know you do, Elijah. We use your system. <laughs> you know, but the kids see us do that, and and it's it. We tell them why. You know, if they want to buy something and we say, you know what, it's not in the budget, they know that means that we already spent the cash that was in, that in the envelope. envelope. And it's not saying we're poor, we don't have the money, we can't provide for you. It's saying it's not in There's the There's limitations, There's right? Limits. Exactly. Yeah, you have to set those intentions. And, and, and you know, it's funny because doing that, Elijah, might be kind of a pain in the rear end. But listen, folks, if you have kids, 
It's the greatest teaching tool in the world. So if you don't like it, just remember something. You're doing this for your kids because you didn't talk to your blue in the face and they smile and nod at you. But if we, if you really do it, that's how you teach them. You're right. Absolutely. And and come on, let's let's break it down. It's a few minutes a day. Extra. Right. It's, it's not, not, like, it's not <laughs> that big a no, deal. I, oh, my I, God. I, I don't have a lot of extra time, but I have a few minutes to teach my kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my, oh, my God. You mean I have to go into the gas station and pay for my gas? <laughs> oh man, that's just yeah. killer. Yeah. All right, so so I love the idea of immediately involving them in the management of money, giving them this this amount of money, having them make the payments consistently and learning how important it is to pay bills on time and that you have to manage your money so that you don't run out and you can actually make sure that you've got uh you know, you don't not too much month at the end of the money, yeah. you know, the whole that whole concept. Yeah. So so certainly that. What about this what about this user trust. There's trust can be used for a lot of different ways and, and, and are tremendous tools in some of the things we've talked about. Yes. So I want to uh, dispel a couple myths up front. Uh, it, it, so a lot of people, they think, oh, a trust, you know, that's for the ultra wealthy. You know, you think about a trust, that's for a family that's got millions and millions of dollars in properties. Yes, they should use a trust. But more often than not, people who have trusts are people that own a home. They might have a cabin, maybe not. They own a home, they've got some investments, and they want to make sure that they keep the lawyers out of the picture when they pass away. They keep the courts out of the picture. They keep their estate private, and it goes to their kids without costing a bunch of legal fees. So that's the simple part. So there's the legal issues. If we can avoid those, make it simple, make it easy to get the assets to the kids. There's a simple document called a trust, and you do this in combination with your will. A will by itself will not avoid probate. A, a will will ensure a very costly and lengthy process. It, it is so probate is is a court process of getting your assets to the people that you listed in your will that you want it to go to. Every will is like a compass that points towards the closest courthouse. That was a quote direct, directly <laughs> I from. I love the, it. That's right from the Wall Street Journal. <clears throat> yes. Every will is a compass. Uh, here, here's the thing: every single will will go to probate. So if you're listening and you're thinking, "Oh, my attorney took care of me," no. If you have a will, you will go to probate. Let me explain to you how we avoid probate. There's two ways to stay out of the court system when you pass away. If you've already written down, "I want it to go to my children" or whoever you want it to go to, that's who it should go to. But a will does not get it to them. Okay. What you need to have is one of two documents with your will. And you can go right back to your attorney and have them draft one of these two documents. A trust, it's a revocable living trust. Just like your will, you can change it at any time. You don't lose any control when you have a trust. That's a myth. You don't lose control when you have a revocable living trust. Revocable means changeable. Revocable means you are in control. You're in control. Yep. When you pass away, the trust passes the assets directly to the kids privately. It doesn't go into the, the court system. It doesn't show it's up in the newspaper. It's public information out there. Yep. Yep. If you have a will, it's public. If right. you have a trust, it's private. And you don't have to have your kids pay. That, that alone is meaningful right there, folks. Yes. If you're a private person, that alone is meaningful yep. to know that. A trust guarantees privacy. I have a trust personally, and we drafted it when we were in our 20s. We didn't have a big estate. But it was important. We wanted our assets to go to our four kids and no one else's. We had three when we drafted our trust. Then we adopted our fourth child, and then we simply called the attorney. He made an amendment. We slid a page into our trust. He didn't even charge us for it. Um, it, it it's, it's that easy when you have a trust. Just like a will, you can change it at any time. But it avoids probate. It avoids all the lawyer fees. I mean, people spend six 
18, 24 months in probate court. It's public, it's costly, and it gives uh, the beneficiaries the opportunity to fight. So I don't know about you if you're listening out there. Maybe you have one child and you don't need to worry about your children fighting. Okay, But if you've got two or more, that's a unique dynamic that merits a potentially having a trust so that we make sure we ensure that they don't when they're stressed, they lost mom and dad. There's money in the mix. Maybe they've got a spouse in the mix that they're not having conversations about arguing for the assets or changing the way mom and dad drafted the trust, because that's what probates for. They have an open platform to discuss if they think everything that you wrote in your will is fair. When you have a trust. You avoid all of that. And, and, and you, you bring it up <clears throat> when we talk about a lengthy timeline, folks. Bear in mind that when Elijah talks about 18 and 24 months, if if that if that if those assets, which predominantly the reason the reason for probate is to ensure that creditors get paid, specifically yep. the IRS and the revenue services, as well as any other creditors. Well, imagine that something happens to you, none of your creditors do get paid, none of your bills get paid, and all the while while probate is going on, there's interest compounding and growing, and by the time you, by the time it's over with, there's so much interest and so many payments that have not been made, there's virtually nothing left to give the heirs. It happens. It happens. That's, that's a real situation, and simply avoiding probate is the answer to that. So uh, you can tell I'm not a big fan of just handing money over to the lawyers after <laughs> they pass away. I <laughs> it's not a revolutionary thought to keep your assets out of the courts. But well, you, you know, you, you, you need attorneys. Attorneys are, are vital. They're necessary. But you have to know when and how to use them properly yep. in, in their capacities and their respective, uh, you know, focuses. So that's yep. very good. We're going to take a break here and we're going to come back and talk more about trust because trust can be utilized to accomplish a lot of things. This is quite literally when done properly, your hand reaching out beyond your, your death and be able to ensure that you're still able to make things work out the way you want it to as though you were still here so great topic we'll be back talking about trust let's take a break Great Waters Financial specializes in helping you retire comfortably. When it comes to seeking retirement guidance, you don't need a salesman. You need an ally. Great Waters Financial doesn't have a hidden agenda. Their professionals at Great Waters Financial focus on what matters, your financial peace. Start planning for your future now and make your money work for you. Great Waters Financial is the official financial planning service of Cover Your Assets. For more information, call 612-360-2127 or go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full potential. At Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly rent possible. Go to homerentalsystems.com or call now, 612-701-4375. Accounting and bookkeeping services are no longer just about record keeping. For decades, Arliss Cleveland has been passionate about helping individuals and businesses look at their taxes and financials in a big picture strategy that allows them to position for maximum profitability. Arliss Cleveland Limited is big enough to handle any size client, yet small enough to give you the direct personal attention you deserve. Their philosophy is that accounting and tax services are about more than just numbers on a page. It's all about building client relationships that are personal. Call 763-786-462 for a free consultation. 
What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online to SMA2DAY.com. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, Dean and Lou, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels & Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business. Handle the filing and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Joe, you're slipping up. No ACDC. What are we going to do about this? <laughs> Telling you, man. Well, Dock my pay. You know, I got I got We got I guess we got to kind of throttle back here. It's Great Waters Retirement Radio. I can't let my my inner child get too crazy here on Saturday. <laughs> All right. So we've been talking about trust, and, and, and trusts are such a tremendous tool. And as Elijah said, just to restate, a will and a trust are very different things. Uh, I, I'll say that what Elijah brought up when I started my career <clears throat> many years ago, I thought a trust was for only rich people as well. And here's the irony. Trusts really are not all that expensive. Pretty inexpensive to have an, uh, an attorney draft a trust. And and it is invaluable. It's, it's valuable for a number of reasons. Uh, the least of which, of course, is, 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 is spend down for nursing home care to protect your assets. You want to transfer your house to your kids and not have it liquidated in probate to pay for the nursing home stay. It's enormously beneficial to that. But that's the least of what can be done with it. There's many, many things. And as Elijah brought up, there's revocable and there's irrevocable. Revocable just means just what it sounds like. I can revoke it. I can change it. I'm 
in control. Be aware that revocable also means that creditors can pursue the, the money, and it's and although it's in the trust per se, it's still uh, reachable by creditors. Not only uh, you know for, for you, and then of course when it, upon your passing, even uh, uh, attachable to judgment creditors that your kids might have. Irrevocable is is where you no longer have control, although you can structure it in such a way where you can still enjoy the benefits of, but you yeah. just don't legally have control any longer. So Yeah, so I'll make a quick comment on that. If, if you're listening today going, boy, that doesn't sound good, then don't do it. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to use an irrevocable trust. Most people, and I mean 99 out of 100 people, use a revocable trust where you have full control just like a will. Hey, I love my kids, but I don't yeah. trust them that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, depending if you, if you accumulated really well and you want to protect from additional estate taxes and, and things like this and, and protect from creditors for your children and you've got extra assets you'll never need to touch, that's where we might consider a, an irrevocable trust. But most people don't ever even go down that route. Uh, and we're going to take it back to just big picture in case you're just tuning in here. Um, what we're talking about is passing our assets to the next generation so far in, in all my time in this industry, I, I have spent, I, I don't know how many people I've asked who they want their assets to go to, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds over the years. And I, I still have yet to have somebody who, who, instead of listing their children, nieces, nephews, charities, I've never had somebody say, you know, I'd like it to go to my uncle, Sam. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to go, it to go to the, the state and federal government and my local attorney. Uh, nobody lists them as their beneficiaries, yet here's the problem. Most people will have a portion of their estate go to the state and federal government and their Regardless. local attorney because they're not intentional. Just having a will or just hoping it doesn't happen will pretty much guarantee it's going to the state and federal government, your local attorney. You need to have a plan. You need to be intentional or it will go to those people. So should you have a trust? What type of trust should you have? Or is there another way to accomplish the same thing for your family? So as Todd stated, irrevocable is unchangeable. The most common vehicle that people are using is a revocable living trust. You need to find out what's right for you, and maybe a trust isn't what you need for your family. Maybe the dynamics aren't all that com complicated. It's all going to one person, or you've got two kids who are best friends, and there's no way they're going to fight about money, and you're just not worried about their spending habits. You don't think they're going to blow any of it. You just want to keep the lawyers and the courts and the IRS out of your situation. Maybe an easy way to do it is to simply have beneficiary designations on all of your accounts, and here's the problem. You can't put a beneficiary designation on your real estate. So if you own a home, your house will go into probate. Even if you have beneficiary designations on all your accounts, pay on death on your bank accounts, your home will go into probate. When you pass away, even if your will says that your home goes to your kids, the will does not have authority to give it to your kids. The courts are the only place that have authority to give it to your kids. Let me say something about that, Elijah, because it brings up such an interesting point. At we've we Elijah's trying to be uh, conscious of the folks who are going to try to do this on their own and save money. You know I rail against that on this show because so many people make mistakes over trying to save a buck and and really shoot themselves in the foot. This is an example of that. Many people try to take their home out of their name, and because of the five-year spend down to get it out of your oh. name prior to going into into a nursing home, they'll throw it into their kids' names. And all that means is they transfer title to their kids. Now, the, now the first problem with that is whether the kids do or don't have their own financial problems that they're not telling mom and dad about. The other thing you have to know about that is when you put when you put 
two people's names on a title, it becomes what's known as an undivided interest with no clear separation as to who owns what. And so in that instance, know this. A creditor can come after that asset, even though mom or dad are still living in the home after the transfer, and that, that absolutely can be the case. And that creditor, if there's an undivided interest, that's what it's known. So putting two people's names on the title does not mean 50-50, folks. That doesn't mean it. That's why you have a trust or you have an entity that specifies that. And if I'm a creditor, I can contend that your kid, one of the two who's there, who's on that title, has 99% interest in that property, and how will you prove me wrong? So when I force the sale of that asset because it's not their homestead and it's not in your name anymore, which means I can force the sale of that property, and I contend that I get 99% of the value because they owe me the money, what a disaster. And it happens all the time when people are trying to be cheap and save money. That's right. And, And here's another one. Uh, you, you try to put the house jointly in your name and your kids' names because then when you die, there's no probate because your kids already own it. That's true. Uh, creditors are a big one for that. But the other one is what if they are married and aren't married in the future? Uh-huh. What if divorce happens? Divorce happens in America. Or what if they're not married and they get married and then they get divorced? Well, in other words, folks, it's a marital asset whether yeah, you like it or not. Yeah, and, and then what happens? They get divorced and someone outside of your family owns a part of your house. Well, they'll be agreeable when you want to sell it and they'll just hand, at the closing table when they get a check, they're just going to sign it over to you, right, after the divorce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not going to happen. That's a, it's a great way to lose control of you, what you've worked so hard for. So people don't do joint ownership when they're educated about this. The key is education. There's an easy way, though, since uh, what I think June or July of 2009, I remember when these came out, because the only option really for avoiding probate before that was having a revocable living trust. But you spend a couple thousand bucks to set that up. It's not a lot. I have one. I think uh, if it's right for your family, you shouldn't flinch at investing a couple thousand dollars to protect everything you've worked your whole life for. Now, uh, if, if maybe that's a little steep or you're do-it-yourself or you're trying to save a little, uh, save a few bucks, be pragmatic, that's totally fine. If you have simple family dynamics, one kid or kids that you don't worry about them blowing the money or anything like this, we can use a transfer on death deed. A transfer on death deed is just like a quit claim deed that you would sign. That's Todd, that, right? That, yeah, Todd, yeah, D-O-D. D-O-D-D. Yeah, Todd. <laughs> Todd. Yes. So uh, instead of a quit claim deed, just giving the house to your kids, it's giving it to them upon your death. They produce a death certificate at the county, and the house instantly belongs to them, just like a beneficiary designation. You can pay a couple hundred bucks, have an attorney draft these for you properly. I would recommend that. I wouldn't recommend doing it on your own. You can take a risk if you want to, but it has to be done right. They'll draft this document for you, completely keep the house out of probate. So that that can be a simple option, Um, but you need to determine what's right for your family. One of the big benefits that Todd and I wanted to make sure we covered in this section is why else would you want to trust? I'm going to give you an example. My kids are minors. I don't know how well they're going to to manage money in their adult life. I hope I raise them responsibly, but you can teach two kids the exact same thing, two different personality types and circumstances, and they manage money completely differently. What I would hate is that my wife and I work and we save and we sacrifice and we pass away and leave a, a lump sum to our children and one of them goes out and makes bad decisions with it. I mean, here's the reality. Inheritance isn't always a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse because it teaches them spending habits. 
they blow the money, they burn through it, and then they're in big trouble. They end up in bankruptcy. I've seen these kind of things happen. They have a has have high. I yeah. have as well. It's, no question. It's, it's terrible. You know, they, they it they, makes their life worse. It, it makes their life worse because because having more for a few years until you burn through the money doesn't make you more happy. Right. You know, it just m makes you more stressed. So. Uh, I, I don't know their spending habits, so our trust says that they will get a third of the money up front when we pass away. Then they've got five years to see how they're going to do with it. If they manage it well, they get the next uh, one-third. If they manage it poorly, say they burn through it in 24 months, they've got three years to think about their mistake and hopefully correct their behavior. Then they get the next third. If they mess up with that third, they've got years to think about it. Five years later, they get the remaining third. And if they can't figure it out after three shots... At least I tried to help them. Absolutely. So that's called metered distribution. The other one is merit-based distribution. And Todd had brought this one up, so I'll let him speak on this. But I think it's a tremendous opportunity to really um, maintain control and, and help give your kids some incentive to earn the inheritance. Well, and I mean, look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you want to give your, your, your heirs this money, your kids certainly, rather than the IRS or Minnesota Revenue or whoever it might be. But... You know, the thing is, in your life, the things that you're most proud of, the things that made you who you are was when you had the greatest challenges and you overcame those challenges. And when you take that away from someone, you rob them of their self-esteem because they never had the opportunity to see that success and push themselves to do that. So merit-based trusts are phenomenal in that you have to reach these guideposts. You have to graduate from college. You could even make it, they have to graduate from college with a certain GPA, and then they get this money. And here's the irony. You can also say that if they don't do those things, they don't get the money, and you can designate a charity instead where the money goes elsewhere. Yep. Tough love, but you know what? Maybe not the worst thing in the world for some people. Yep. One family said they've got to be... Uh, 50 years old, and they have to have accumulated a certain amount of, of savings on their own before they get the inheritance. What a fabulous idea. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe you, maybe you make it make a provision that if they start a business, you will help finance that business by putting the money down. However, the bank has to approve the loan before you the, your trust dispenses the money or your trustee dispenses the money. That's a great idea. Perfect. Yeah. That way the bank is vetting the decision and your, and your kid isn't making a dumb decision because they have a lot of money and they don't know what they're doing. I mean, mm. these are all these are all very powerful tools that allow you to still be there to make sure that things are being done right and there's a vetting process as you would have done had you been here. So Absolutely. phenomenal, phenomenal uh, tools. The other thing we should also make uh, clear is that revocable trust uh, may not avoid uh, uh, inheritance tax uh, the death tax in the same way that revocable trusts do, and so irrevocable. It, irrevocable forgive yep. me, and yes, 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 and uh, and so you have to be if you do have, as Elijah said, a substantial estate, then that may very well need to be a component to your to your planning. But as Elijah said, look, that's that's you know that's that's the one, two, three, five percenters. That's not going to be the majority of people. Most folks aren't going to need to do that. And remember, your goal is to be able to control everything, to still enjoy the benefits, of all the things that you have, but just to make intelligent decisions and make sure that you don't put fire, put gasoline on a fire and make your kid worse off by doing it or just burning through all the things that you worked so hard your whole life to provide. You're right. You're right. And if there's one thing I could leave this with, it's, it's that so many people, this is an unclear area. And where do you start? So many people put this off for years and years and years. And if you've been putting it off, I, I want to challenge you today 
take one step today in the right direction. You don't have to get this done by next week, but take one step today in the right direction. Don't put it off again, because if you can't take a step today after listening to this, I'm fearful you'll never be able to take a step on this. Just take one step. And and the problem is most people don't know what that first step is. So we're, we're going to help you out with this. What do you do? Go on Google and Google good estate planning attorney? I mean, how do you, how do you start here? And, and people don't know what to do. Ask a friend and hope they give you a good recommendation. Here's the problem. People go to a lawyer. They spend money. They draft documents. And then they come to me and I review their documents for them. And they've got good documents. It actually, they had a good lawyer and they did a good thing. But when they come to me, they have no more peace of mind than before they went to that lawyer because they're not sure why they did what they did. They're not sure if they have the right documents in place. And and more importantly, they don't understand why those specific documents are the ones the lawyer recommended to them. So instead of just putting your whole estate in the hands of a lawyer and saying, I trust you with everything, here's what we're going to help you out with. Uh, we've got a number of financial planners who are trained to educate on these topics. And you we, guys are retirement planning specialists. I mean, that's the bottom that's, line. Everybody that's says they are, they're not. That's all you guys do. That's all we do. We work with people in and nearing retirement. That's it. And we've got a number of advisors at our firm who are, are trained and who are uh, able to educate on estate planning. We won't draft the legal documents. We don't charge a fee for this. It's just something that we do as an educational process for the public. And we're passionate about it because this is the foundation of all the retirement planning you do. So what we're happy to do is sit down um, for a, a consultation or have a phone call. We can spend 30 to 60 minutes. It doesn't have to be a long meeting. Go through what your goals are, what you want to accomplish. And before we tell you what documents we think you should go talk to an attorney about drafting, we'll help you understand the rules. These things are really simple when you apply to your situation personally. Help you understand what the options are. And then so you'll know what documents you need and why you need them. Then when you go to the attorney, you can tell them why you need the documents you want to draft. They should agree with you, and then they can draft those documents for you. We have a number of attorneys that we've already vetted that we are willing to refer you to and even help pre-negotiate prices for you so that you can go to them. We don't have any arrangements. We don't get kickbacks. We don't get paid from these attorneys. We don't, we don't get paid for doing this, but we're passionate about it. We're happy to make that offer for listeners on Cover Your Assets Radio today and Great Waters uh, Retirement Radio. If you want to call in, feel free to call in. We're happy to talk to you about that. And what's in it for us? Well, it's one of the ways we meet new people. We provide education that maybe nobody's giving to you right now. And you might ask us, what else do you guys do? Then we can talk to you about retirement planning. Very good. And, and you know, at the end of the day, what this represents is coordination and communication. Number one, coordinating with the professionals to ensure that your intentions are put in legal documents. Number two, why you did what you did and communicating not only with you so you clearly understand it, but also with the people who are going to benefit, i.e. your kids. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break here and we'll be right back talking about how to protect yourselves your kids from themselves when they inherit your money so they don't burn through it and and it makes their lives worse rather than better we'll be right back with elijah from great waters on today the first saturday of the month great waters retirement radio we will be right back he can lift a bus straight over his head he can fly around the world in seconds and he has the power to regenerate entire limbs Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at jasonwalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out jasonwalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. 
If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels & Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? There are attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years' experience in this highly specialized field, and it is my job job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know, allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly, and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. Oh, I'm hearing the smooth jazz again, and that means it's time to call in. 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255, and the hosts will answer your call live on the air. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP SmartSide Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online to SMA2DAY.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Very good, Joe. I love it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Got to keep you moving out there, guys. Nothing like the best hard rock band ever in history, ACDC. All right. So, 
Great stuff. Um, I think we, we, we could go on about trust for hours. It's enormously important and beneficial, and that the education that the guys at Great Waters can provide is just invaluable. And, uh, you know, the... The, the the thing, you know, the, the, the reason that I, I can promote these guys so well is we, as I talked, coordination and communication. Uh, you know, when we work with clients, we help them put together their personal finances, make their day-to-day decisions. We automatically send them over to uh, Elijah and Skip and, and uh, Justin at Great Waters and put together the lifetime plan to determine how much money they're going to need to be able to sustain their lifestyle. And we immediately put targets on it. We all have a Attorneys that we work with and coordinate, so we're not trying to explain to each other who we are and what we do and why I should be talking to you. None of that is there. It's just absolute fabulous coordination, which makes the process so much more successful and beneficial to the client. So let's move into something else, which is which is really transferring IRAs onto the next generation and how all of that works, Elijah. Yes. Um, so this is a, a big, big, big problem because most financial advisors are Series 65 licensed or maybe they're a broker with a Series 6 or 7. You go through all your training, and I've, I've gone through this. I carry a Series 65 as a fiduciary. That means we're fee-based asset managers. Um, in all of my training, none of it required me to learn about taxation of IRA. So I invest a significant amount of time every year in Ed Slot and Company. This is America's IRA experts, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's a group of CPAs out of the East Coast, and they have an exclusive group, uh, a limited group of CPAs and financial advisors who are committed to education and bettering their client situations in regard to IRA taxation specifically. So twice a year, I spend a lot of money, and then twice a year, I go to a two-day uh, 15 hour training and I'm re- required to pass a comprehensive exam to be a part of Ed Slot's elite advisor group. Ongoingly. Yep, every single year. So just got back from Philadelphia three weeks ago doing that myself and my partners as well. Great Waters uh, had Ed Slot in town educating um, CPAs last year for their CPE as well as our, uh, I think we had a hundred and some of our clients come out to an educational event and um, we, we, I've we, been to them. Fabulous. Come yeah. listen to Ed Slot, become a client of Great Waters, and they are just, I mean, he is phenomenal. Absolutely. It, it, this is the most overlooked part of retirement planning. When you hear retirement planning, you typically think of a financial advisor selling investments. That is not retirement planning. That's about one-fifth of what goes into retirement planning, the investment management piece. We've got relationship coordination, like like um, Todd was talking about. Um, we've got the advanced planning piece, determining how much can you spend, when can you retire, and, and are you going to have as much at the end of the day as you plan to? If we don't have a plan that's detailed, projecting throughout retirement, how can you make the big decisions in life? And then the, the, the other piece is the tax planning piece. Um, if you ask me what's different about our company, it's that we talk about taxes and most financial advisors, it's not that they wouldn't like to help you save in taxes. It's that, that this training isn't standard in the industry. And, Absolutely. And you've got to have individuals who are going out and pursuing training on IRA taxation because your IRA for many people is the biggest retirement asset that they have. Yet here's the issue. You think you're debt free when you go into retirement because you paid your mortgage off. I've got news for you. You are not debt-free. You've got a huge mortgage on your IRA. 30% belongs to the IRS and the state state government. So um, it, it, let's say we have a million-dollar IRA. Well, 
take 350 grand off the top, you've got 650,000 in your IRA that's actually yours. So what can we do to, to minimize the portion that the IRS gets and maximize the portion that we get and that our children keep? Today's theme is how do we get as much as possible to our children, not the state and local governments and the local attorney? So um, one of the biggest things is how do we plan our IRA? There's two concepts today we're going to talk about, a stretch IRA or multi-generational IRA, as well as Roth conversions. Everybody, it's the 20-year anniversary of Roths uh, this year. They've been around for 20 years, and so many baby boomers today, they don't have as much in Roth IRAs as they'd like to have. Um, so we'll talk about how to get more tax-free money and then how to pass this to the next generation without a, a huge uh, tax hit or having the IRS come in and glop off 30% of your account. So basic concept, when your children inherit an IRA, if they ta cash it out in a lump sum, they've got to pay uh, the, the IRS that year and they've got to pay the state government. The problem is uh, if they inherit, say, $500,000, well, what's their tax bracket for the year, Todd? Yeah. Thirty-seven and a half percent this which year. Which includes federally. their income as well. Yeah. Their income. So we've got well over forty percent. It puts them in the top tax bracket. Now they're 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 handing off out of a, a million dollars, you hand off four hundred thousand dollars to to the government and they get the rest. Was well, that was that your intention? Is yeah, the question. Probably not <laughs> probably what you not. wanted to have happen. So if you have two kids, a million dollars goes to them, they get five hundred grand each. And uh, they're going to hand over 200000 each to Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam un ends up with 400000 Each of your kids end up with 300000 Who just became the biggest beneficiary of your estate? <laughs> this is common. Yes. And this is a problem. So what we want is a team that helps your children ensure that that account is stretched out as a multi-generational IRA over their lifetime. And it starts with education, educating the kids after you pass away on the impact of, of letting Uncle Sam take a lump sum versus taking the steps to make sure it's multi-generational. Multi-generational simply means that they have the freedom to access the money whenever they want. Whenever they take it out, they'll pay taxes, but they're not forced to take it in a lump sum. They take out required minimum distributions. That's a small distribution they have to take out each year that will gradually deplete that account to zero by the time they're in their mid-80s. Now, these small distributions each year can allow them to stay in their low tax bracket rather than boosting up into that 40% taxation. So we pay a lower tax rate and we leave the money growing tax deferred in the IRA over many years. We run illustrations on this and on, you know, say a $500,000 IRA, it can be oftentimes be several hundred thousand dollars of benefit in tax savings just by this simple multi-generational IRA. You know, and, and the thing is, what, what, what Elijah's talking about in, in terms of, you know, tax efficiency is absolutely critical and integral to legacy planning. And without this, you can, I mean, without this component, which is, you know, what, 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 what Elijah just dropped on you folks is a bomb. It is hugely impacting and important, such a powerful point. Yeah. And it's overlooked the vast majority of the time by, forgive me, traditional financial advisors, because yeah. it's just not their area. No. And, and let's get real. Once the money transfers to the next generation, it may transfer to, it, it may get, you know, go 
to another financial advisor, the kids who also may be new in the business or doesn't know, forgive me what the heck they're doing. So it's just so critical that this planning be done. And obviously, your 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 largest beneficiary, you don't want to be the state and federal government. At least I don't <laughs> think so. So so you know, but continue to go on here, Elijah. Great yep. stuff. Last thing is the Roth conversion. People don't have as much tax-free money in their Roth IRAs as they'd like to. Uh, your your IRAs is is I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to I'm going to repeat what Ed Slot calls it. He calls IRA traditional IRA, 401k, MNDCP, thrift savings, TSP, SEP IRA, simple plans. All these pre-tax plans that you have, where you you put that money in, you never paid income tax when you earned the money. Now it doubles, triples, quadruples over your retirement or, or over your investment career. And you've got to take it out and pay taxes on every penny of that growth. Not just the money that you yeah. deferred, but the growth. <laughs> so, so Ed Slot jokingly calls this bad money. This is the worst money you have because when it grows, you have to pay ordinary income taxes on all the gains. Your ordinary taxable accounts, you just pay capital gains taxes, which are always lower than ordinary Significantly less. IRAs are the worst kind of money you can have. Roth IRAs are the best kind of money you can have. They grow tax-free, they can double, triple, and you take it all out tax-free. You can give it to your beneficiaries, and get this, you can stretch it out over their lifetime as a multi-generational Roth. So when they get it, they simply take distributions each year, but they can use most of that money, have it double and triple over their lifetimes, and take all that growth out tax-free. If we can get more of your traditional IRA into Roth IRAs, there are no limits on how much you can put into it. At there are no, no age restrictions, not currently, right? So we want to do it now. Um, there are no age restrictions, and if you earn too much income, you're not disqualified from this. You can't make Roth contributions if you earn too much, but you can do Roth conversions. What if you're not working? If you're retired, you can still do a Roth conversion. You can convert as much as you want as long as you're willing to pay the taxes. The question is, how much do we convert? When do we convert? And that's what we provide complimentary Power, powerful consultations Powerful tax planning. On. Elijah, why don't you tell them how to get a hold of you before we get, get, get go out of here today? Visit our website for educational courses offered weekly throughout the Twin Cities at greatwatersfinancial.com. Greatwatersfinancial.com. This is Elijah Kovar, my good friend. He is phenomenal. His company's excellent. And the education they provide is invaluable to you, to your success long term. Hope you enjoyed the show, folks. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. The proceeding was a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of 1500 ESPN.
To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.